Are you the type of leader who wants to leave behind a legacy? Well, I'd love to help you unlock a legacy of excellence with the School Leadership Toolkit. For just $97, you'll gain access to 10 easy-to-implement resources, including templates, frameworks, and bonus content designed to help you manage your to-do list, make better decisions, navigate difficult conversations, and support your team. Fast-track solutions to your challenges by grabbing the toolkit at schoolsofexcellence.com toolkit or click the link in the show notes. Elevate your leadership journey today. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. My conversation today is with an incredible, incredible woman named Catherine. She is part of our legacy group. She originally joined our program back in 2022 in our Owners HQ program. And our conversation today really highlights the value of community, of coming together with like-minded leaders who are on the growth trajectory of building legacy in something great. She really highlights how bringing core values changed her school, created a culture of accountability, and how being inside of schools of excellence has really up-leveled the quality of her thinking, her mindset, and in general, just other parts of the quality of life. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Catherine. I am Catherine Doberstein. I am the owner of Little Scholars Academy of Kannapolis. We are located in the suburbs of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I joined School of Excellence almost two years ago, um, right after attending the summit. And I I found out about you from my director of education. She had told me about your podcast. So I started listening to you and you short kind of mentioned something about the summit. And I remember messaging you and like, what's all the summit about? Um, because it was exactly the type of group and people I wanted to be around. Um, So we went to the summit in 2022 Mm -hmm. uh, of March, uh, my husband and I, and it was an amazing experience. We met, you hooked us up with other people that just were so like-minded and it was exactly what we were looking for. So when you came to the event, you know, it was your first experience with Schools of Excellence at an event, which is always, you know, in general, overstimulating, oversensory. There's lots of people. There's lots of content. I'd love to hear, what did you hear? What was kind of resonating with your heart at the time that you were like, this is where I need to be. This is the community that I want to join. Well, coming into it, I had been looking for community and other business owners, young business owners. Um, just in general, to be around and surrounded by that. But I didn't really realize there was a whole group of early childhood leader business owners. So coming into that, I was very kind of excited. And then once I actually started talking to people and hearing your content, I'm like, wow, there's actually other early childhood leaders that really want to be that higher level of 
education for children. And that's where I wanted to become. And now to be surrounded by other people that are the same really meant a lot to me. And I knew this was where I needed to be. Yeah. So you're in a very unique season of life. You know, you're raising young kids and, you know, you guys are a young family and you have, you know, many, many more years ahead of you to really build your business, build your legacy. So I always find it interesting because in our in our community, we have people in every season of life. Um, and in each season of life, there's new priorities and new things to focus on. So I'd love for if you can get us started with when you joined the program, what did your home life and work life look like? Like how many hours were you working? What was your kind of uh, amount of time that you were spending in the center versus kind of where you are today? Mm -hmm. uh, when I started, I was definitely five days a week in the center full time because I ran the school and own it. And probably slightly right before the year before during COVID, I actually taught it, ran it and owned it. So I, I was working a lot, but I also knew I couldn't keep up with that. I was tired. And I also was wanting to spend more time with my young family because you can never get those years back. And then I slowly transitioned and really looked at processes and making sure we are get things streamlined so I could step back more. That was my goal. Yeah. So when you talk about, you know, getting things streamlined so you could step back more, talk to us a little bit about the actual strategies you put in place, the, the new habits that you started to embody, you know, back 18 months ago that bring you to where you are today. And we'll talk about where you are today in a moment. But people hear things like, you know, I was documenting things. I was creating processes. I was at, what does that actually look like? Like, what were you actually implementing from the Schools of Excellence Frameworks? I was... First, making sure our teachers are happy. So a lot of the making sure we're doing gratitude monthly, we're focusing on the teachers and also setting boundaries with the teachers and making sure we can focus on the work that we're doing while we're here and get more done at a faster time. We are also looking at just making sure of holding everyone accountable. We have all these great ideas and we've written them down. They're in our handbooks. We have expectations and now following through with that so we can move to the next level. That was our probably the biggest one. I had lots of, everything was written down, but it wasn't really holding everyone accountable to that. And yeah. now that we're able to hold, train. we've trained them through the process We've told them what to expect and what to do. And then once they're not doing it now, they they pretty much know they're not doing it when we sit them down and talk to them. But our process is too, and just training them to what you want. Make sure you say everything. You can't expect them to know anything. So I've learned just go through the whole thing with everyone. So everyone's on the same page and then holding them accountable. My biggest one was training a director that I never trained before. So making sure what I would do, I can give it on to her. So yeah. she can do the same thing. And what I've learned with you is following your values, which that was always new to me. Like I had no mm -hmm. values. Um, now we have values that we can go back to and say, is it meeting our value to make that decision? So I have so many follow-up questions here. So let's kind of, you yeah. know, break some stuff down. So let's get started with, we'll go to values in a moment, but the accountability piece, right? Yeah. One of the things that I found really unique about your role inside of the organization is you have a really in-depth knowledge of the curriculum and you guys are a Reggio-inspired school. And yeah. so you didn't 
just own the school. You also had this vetted interest in the curriculum, in the way it was taught, in the way that teachers were engaging and communicating with children and engaging with families. Like you had this really clear vision of like what you wanted and you actually knew how to do it because, you know, you were boots on the ground also. And so I'd love for you to speak to how you really started to separate yourself from being the person that was doing everything to actually being the person that communicated the vision, that communicated the values and learned how to hold people accountable without fear and guilt. So, mm-hmm. cause that, that's, that was your biggest transformation over the last yeah. year. You, you really morphed into a leader as opposed to just a really good employee who has worked yeah. inside of your company. Yeah. So that's a huge challenge for us as our philosophy, because most people coming into our program don't have any idea about it. They may have learned heard of it in school, but they've never practiced it. So really um, setting that foundation from the time they hire and going through the trainings and what it looks like in the classroom, having those expectations so they can learn them. What does it look like? I will say a huge shout out to our education director, Melissa, who's really good with the philosophy. She comes twice a week. So I've passed that kind of on to her to um, meet with the teachers weekly, doing one-on-ones and really letting them bounce questions off of her because she is very knowledgeable in it because it's a learning process. We can't expect perfection at the beginning. It's definitely a learning process. Some things we have to just kind of walk away from at times um, and talk to them later on. Like that's not quite our philosophy, but they're learning from it. As long as we see growth, that's what we're looking for. But the holding them accountable, once they've been with us and they know things, we're starting to expect them to do it. So making sure they, they're kind of focusing on different growth things in their one-on-one If they, how are we going to meet this? How are we going to do it? Next one-on-one, are you kind of streamlining this now into your, into your classroom? So yeah, really just making sure holding them accountable. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's been a, a huge shift. So let's talk about values for a second, because, you know, again, in schools of excellence, we talk a lot about values. We talk a lot about understanding how to not only communicate values, but really create standards and processes and um, accountability infrastructure all surround the company values. So when you first learned about this concept, what I'd love to hear, was there any resistance towards it? And how did you really go about the process of choosing what you really wanted your company values to look like and what you were ready to, you know, fight for essentially? Yeah, I think I never really had values, but deep down I did have values. Yes. I just yes. didn't know how to articulate them to others. Mm-hmm. So when I really sat down and thought about it, I had a lot of strong opinions and things that it's this way or no way kind of thing. They're just very strong to me. And that's what I pulled to become our values. So mm-hmm. um, some were related to our philosophy of the Reggio philosophy. Some are just what's important to me as a school community. So our first one's the children. Our children come first in the our philosophy as well as in our program. Communication is very important to me how we communicate to parents. The parents are paying to have their children in a program with strangers, in my opinion. So we need to communicate and be is so open as we can in understanding with them because it, to me, it's just 
if I were the parent, I would mm -hmm. want to know what's going on in my school without having a live video stream going on. Yeah, because um, that's not the answer. The like that doesn't tell you a story. Exactly. Like a live video stream isn't communication. It's not giving you context to the whole picture. Right. So thank so, you. And a lot that. of parents yes. think that's what they want. Um, but then realizing that's not really what they want. They want a teacher who cares. They want a teacher who, when they reach out to them, they respond to them in a timely manner. They want a teacher who works together, even on stuff that is difficult and hard, mm -hmm. uh, because we are a team. Um, mm -hmm. Which then brings us to one of our other values is community. We are a community, so we're here to work together. It's not just the one side. We we're all here together. It's a triangle: the children, the teachers, and the parents. Yeah. Um, so, and then our other value is environment. I am a very clean person, but also our environment has to be a very organized environment for it to function. Yeah. Um, so because we are a very third value is environment we really focus on our environment when we have licensing and sanitation come out it's a breeze it's a no-brainer i'm not worried about it they're not worried about it because it's a priority to us and then it makes that other stressor of higher ups coming in to visit it's not as scary to them anymore yeah. um our last value is passion which i had a hard time with that i wanted something that was more for the teachers and i feel like you can't really teach the passion you either have the passion or you don't and mm -hmm. so i i say sometimes passion changes over mm -hmm. time depending mm -hmm. on the season of your life but if you don't have the passion you really can't do all the other ones yeah yeah i love that i and yeah. again i when we choose our values and i love the way that you were just so intentional about how it meant how it felt for you and what it means for you. Because again, your school is not just about the company that you're building or about, you know, just the, it's, it's the generational legacy and the impact that mm -hmm. a, a big part of just why we're on this world. Like everyone has a mission of what they're going to do here and you're doing it through this school and you're living your values through the school, which is just such a beautiful way to choose to show up every single morning. So Let's shift for a second here to kind of just your experience inside of the program. I would love to hear so many people say they want community. So many people say they want friends. They want to be connected to other people. But then the moment they get into the community, they hide. They don't reach out. They don't connect with other people because it's scary to make new friends when we're older. And we're not even so old. We're in our 30s, but we're not five. So, you know, hanging out with a friend is very different. So I would love to hear how did you push yourself to connect with other people and what has the value been in building those relationships um i i really craved this and go i'm a i'm a super shy person um until i get to know you so going into our first summit before i even was part of the program our goal was to connect with one or two other people and really form that relationship. You helped facilitate part of it, which was awesome. And I still in great communication with them. And then I have over time, I find it is harder online to connect with people, but I do connect, bounce questions off of and talk with others. But when we really have the the Zoom calls and where we're actually talking physically or when we're at the masterminds or the summits and yeah. you're physically 
actually there even, you make those, start making those connections more. And I feel like you just kind of find you gravitate to certain people. Sure. Um, you're kind of on just in any relationship, in any community, and just trying to keep that connection together, reaching out to them, seeing how they're doing, or you see them post. I get excited when I'm on calls now and see certain people are on or are yeah. coming to the mastermind because I have formed those relationships over the year. Is it still hard as an adult? Yes, because it's another community you have to keep in contact with, but they're the community we, I need, I felt alone before coming into it where now I don't only have to bounce off the ideas from my husband, who's not even in the industry, but I can bounce it off of other people that I can talk to and feel safe, which leads me to another one is I feel the community is a very safe place to talk to you. Even if you're not doing great, like I've had a huge financial issue going on and I felt safe enough to share it with everyone. And yeah. I had people from your group help me out of it or just be there to talk with and know that we all go through hard things. We all come up from it. So I feel like it's also a very safe place to talk about anything, really. And and I think that the piece here is whatever we put into something will get out and you intentionally invest time and energy into the community. And so when you did have those moments where you were going through something, you know, a financial struggle, like the community rallies around us. And sometimes we have this notion in our mind where like, no one wants to hear about my struggles or no one wants to hear about my challenges. Everyone's got their own stuff to deal with. No one could really has time to help me. And that is so false. It is not true. People do want to lift each other up. People do want to be there. We have to be vulnerable enough to actually say, hey, I actually do need help. We're actually do need to do life together. So thank you for sharing that. So when you think about your journey over the last, you know, almost two years, what were some of your unexpected surprises? You were like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think that this would be, you know, something that I would appreciate or something that I would enjoy, or I didn't realize this would, you know, impact my parenting or my marriage or my relationships with other people. I I find that schools of excellence is really this holistic approach to leadership and it really does impact other parts of our life. So I'm curious where it impacted for you. I would say it definitely impacted family life um, because I went five days of actually doing the grinding to two days a week and focusing more on the future as well as my family. So I still have my youngest is three. So now being able to spend a lot more time with her during these younger years. So I guess that was a huge surprise that I'm able to step away enough and let the directors make those decisions without me being there mm-hmm. five days a week. Um, yes. So that was a huge surprise because I, I don't know if I would have said two years ago that I would only be working two days a week now looking forward, but now I'm able to look more at the future and what the business is going to hold. So again, you know, someone hears that going from five days a week to two days a week, that doesn't happen overnight. There's a process. And it's not just about the systems documentation. It's the mindset of who you're becoming. And I'd like you to speak to that because we can give you anyone the best templates in the world, but you have to be the person that not only takes the action, you have to become that person that wants to actually, you know, work two days a week and, you know, inside of the center. So talk to us a little bit about how you've seen your mindset and the way that you think through problems shift over the last last couple months? Um, I would say I don't react as fast. I let it simmer. So I, I really 
I let it go. I I'm not so reactive anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I let things sit and I think about it because a lot of things can be handled if you don't react right away. So it right there's a time saving. Also, I find when I have uninterrupted time, it makes getting work done way easier. So mm-hmm. some of the systems that you have time blocking and things have really helped me over the time. Um, I've even trickled it into telling my husband he needed to do time blocking. Like it, like is, I thought I was a time, I was amazing on my time and I'm even better now. So it's just really um, a different mindset and having that slower process, thinking higher level and not just your mind's cluttered with day to day. Yeah. So in the summertime and kind of early fall and September of this year, you you were going through kind of, you know, some big transitions inside of the center and things. I always say businesses are built to break, like they're supposed to break. And then we rebuild certain parts of them. And the business that we start with is never the business that we end up with. And, you know, healthy turnover is a part of scaling because people that uh, start with us are not usually the people that are going to continue with us because, you know, we've evolved and we are going through our reinventions. So as much as you're willing to share, I'd love if you can share what that experience did for you, how it served you and how you're coming out now on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, I would say, pretty well over the summer. I I didn't lose any teachers at the end of our school year. And then we, we switched. I am now no longer the director. I am the owner only. I'm here two days a week. We have a director now five days a week who had been training under me uh, for the past year. School started um, and we lost three teachers in a week and a half. One, we could have handled the other two. It was, it put a strain on us. And at that point, I felt like I just got pulled back down under. And it was really, uh, really stressful. I didn't want to, I was afraid to reach out at time of the community. I'm like, no, I don't want to bother anyone. I'm over it. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And I was, I was like literally close again to say, I'm done with childcare. But then I was already signed to go to the mastermind. So I said, I'm going, I'm not letting myself talk it out. I was really in a depressive mood and state. I'm not a depressive person, but I was in a depressive state. And I went, I got on the plane and I came down. And as soon as walking in and being surrounded by everyone else in that community really changed my mindset, felt that I don't even think anyone gave me any advice. It was just being there. And I came back and nothing like we just kept moving forward. It was almost those people that left were the right people that needed to leave. And we just kept moving forward. There was like, we didn't skip a beat yet. I was letting it, it bother me um, just because of the loss. But now we're back up and I feel like it's going very smoothly. Like I don't came back and was like, perfect. Like nothing happened. Yeah. So really yeah. it was just being around other people that like, yes, people come, people go, it's okay. And everything was okay. Yeah. So I want to actually reflect to you what I witnessed uh, during that experience and also just really highlight again, for those of you that are listening, how underrated community and friendship is. 
when you were surrounded by the woman and you were, you know, doing the morning meditation and having conversation and, you know, we were hanging out in the pool together. We were like, we were doing all these different activities together. I watched, and it wasn't just you, it was multiple people that their your vibration changed. Your entire aura just became more open and more open. It was like, oh, here's the Catherine that I know, right? The like, and so being surrounded by other people who deeply care about you and want to see you win is what we need to consistently surround ourselves with. And again, like you were saying, it wasn't like anyone was giving you advice or preaching to you or anything. It was that that collective space is what puts us in a higher state of being. And so we're able to look at challenges from a different perspective. And so again, like I say this all the time, like people talk about how they want community, but then they're not actually extracting what community can actually do for your quality of life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So let's go to some of your bigger goals that you have for the organization. You know, now that you are two days a week in the center, you're really looking at big picture vision, paint us a picture of like what you're able to start looking at for the future. Now that you're not, you know, worried about attendance and you know, who's calling in sick today. Um, yeah, I definitely, we want to expand. I have a random number of five. I've always wanted more multiple schools in the area that I can oversee and just Mm -hmm. give more opportunities for these types of, for children to be at these types of schools. We're surrounded Mm -hmm. by franchises of the cookie cutter um, schools. And I, I want to give families another option. So Mm -hmm. I, that's always been a goal for me. So now my goal is to um, start expanding the business and um, then oversee all, all those schools. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So When someone's thinking about joining the program, whether they're joining owners or directors, I always find there's hesitation in the beginning and and not so much from a financial side, but a lot of hesitation of like, is this going to work for me? What if this? What if that? There's all these like, but I'm different, but my school is different. We kind of excuse our way through all of these things. And so I'd love for you to speak to when someone's thinking about joining, what would you tell them? If you are thinking, then it's probably the right thing to do. Um, <laughs> I like that. And, yeah, because it's on your mindset. So it's it's most likely the, the best thing to do. But it depends on what you're looking for. If you want to grow and learn and change, that's, it's, it's a way of growing myself. I feel like leaders don't, and owners and directors, they, there's not much for you out there. And this is a totally different mindset program, really, I would say one of hesitation that I thought like it was going to be a lot of work on my side, because Mm -hmm. like at the beginning of all the, the uh, trainings you can do in the portals and stuff, I'm like, I don't know if I have any time for this because I'm already busy and doing a hundred million things, but I did it at my own pace. Um, I set a block of time each week to work on it. Did I hit it every week? No, but I got through it and just doing a portion of it, things started to change and you had more and more time and you got more and more out of the calls. There was times that I didn't show up to the calls and then other times I do show up to the calls. Um, So you do go through ups and downs of being uh, different seasons of your school and it's okay not to be there. You're not, I don't ever feel shamed that I'm there, but I always feel people are always happy when I do show up. So um, I think it's, if you think it's a time 
constraint on you that you don't have time, I would say block off just an hour a week at first even and slowly build it up. But I think it's still, if you are ready to change and grow, then I think it's a game changer really. I love that. I love that. Catherine, it has been such a joy to just be part of your journey. And I love having someone that's in a similar season of life than me also. So that's that's been fun to kind of uh, walk alongside you in that way. So thanks for joining us here and, and thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to our conversation today. And here is a question I have for you. If you enjoyed today's conversation and you saw parts of yourself and what Catherine was sharing. And most importantly, if you're listening to and you're like, I want community. I want to be surrounded by other people that when I walk into a room, I can already feel better. I want to have a space where I feel safe enough to bring up any topic of conversation that is going on. I want to be able to really create company values that not only are words that sit on a wall, but we actually live and breathe by them and we create standards around them and we create a culture of accountability and community and collaboration inside of our organization. Then I invite you to fill out an application. The link is in the show notes. We'll jump on a right fit call. We'll see if you're a right fit. But again, like Catherine shared, if you're thinking about joining, it's probably a good idea for us to get on a call and see if this is a good fit. So thanks so much for joining and hope to connect with you soon. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us.